Greetings and hello everyone, I am your host Andre Hutchins, and before we get into today's episode, I want to extend my best wishes and prayers to all of you who are listening right now. It seems like our world has been turned upside down, but in these challenging times, I encourage everyone everywhere to make the most of our current situation as a society and as fellow human beings. Let us all strive to be compassionate and giving towards those in need. Let us strive to be good neighbors, good friends, and good family members. Most of us have family and friends we can turn to, but there are those that do not. Let us be mindful of them as well. God's blessings and peace be with all of you this day and all future days to come. today's episode of the Backseat Directors Podcast, Ryan and I will discuss the current impact that COVID-19 is having on the movie industry. There have been lots of movie delays and we'll get to that. We'll also share with you what we've been watching lately and then we'll review one of the very last movies we'll be able to see in theaters for a while in Sony Pictures' Bloodshot. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode and for supporting the podcast. Tell your friends and family about us. You can find us on every major podcasting platform including Spotify. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can follow us on social media and reach out to me directly via email. My email is andre at backseatdirectors.com. That's spelled A-N-D-R-E at backseatdirectors.com. All right, well, now let's get on to the show. Dude, how are things going out there, man? It's, it is crazy right now. Oh, it's just mad, man. It's just mad, isn't it? Like, it feels so surreal. It feels so surreal. Have you been to the supermarkets or anything yet? Yeah, no, we actually went this morning. Um, I, I don't I don't know if Costco is something that you guys have in the UK. I, I don't know if Costco exists outside the US, but it's it's like it's bulk stores. So, you know, you can buy things in bulk at wholesale. You know, so it's like a membership club. But anyway, Costco is like one of the most popular places to shop in the US. And anytime you see pictures, like any of the stuff that you see online where like people are going crazy buying toilet paper or like bottled water, that's usually at Costco. And so we, we haven't gone to Costco since all of this stuff, you know, with the coronavirus has started and, but we're running out, you know, but we're, my wife and I, we're trying really hard not to, you know, feed into the, you know, the, the chaos and pandemonium and, you know, uh, hoarding that's going on, um, you know, with all, all these other, you know, types of groceries and whatnot. But we, we went this morning because we actually need stuff and we get there and there's, there's a line of probably 70 or 80 people out the door. And we're like, you know what, who knows when it's going to get better. Might as well just try and get in and see what we can do. And the moment we got in, it was actually really organized. So they were, they were doing crowd control and making, you know, sure that they weren't letting like just whoever in. So they were just letting, you know, people come and trickle slowly, but our local grocery store, we've been able to get things just fine. It's just uh, some other items uh, that we needed from Costco that uh, we've, we've just been so hesitant to go just because we know it's been crazy, but we were able to get in and out in about 40 minutes this morning. So it wasn't too bad, but what, what about you guys? What's it like in the UK? 
Uh, it's 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 just manic. The the shops themselves aren't like heaving, so we we don't need that kind of trickling um, process that you just referred to. But but the the actually buying of of food having to be quite creative. There was like no chicken, like no beef, just just complete shelves, just gone. And like chicken, I think a lot of everyone eats a lot of chicken. Um, I think from well me myself i eat a lot of chicken but i think generally everyone usually has that in their meal at least once a week if you're if you're a meat eater and that was completely gone no like no chicken like and my other mates went to other um supermarkets and it was none and i mean no breasts no thighs no wings no whole chickens nothing nothing (laughs) and the toilet roll no pasta I, I even like I needed to buy some coconut milk today, and it's coconut milk, none, nothing, no canned food. It's it's just it's mad. So we had to be quite creative with our weekly shop. But like you say, we're not trying to feed into the to the panic ourselves either. We just went, we do our Sunday shop every Sunday, and we went there and and we tried to buy what we could buy, and and now we're just going to keep up with that because we don't want to be a part of this this panic. It's not. It's not good. It's 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 not good for the world, for, like or the country, to to act like this. It, this like look after yourself mentality. If everyone just continued as normal and bought their items as normal, people will be fine. Like we're not we're not going to be trapped in our houses for longer than than two weeks because that's how long it takes to be able to get through the virus and and come out the other end if if you do get it. So you don't need. 50 rolls 100 rolls 200 rolls of toilet paper if you're only going to be able to stuck in the house for two weeks so just people just need to start acting a bit more normal and we'll get get through it fine buy an extra pack of toilet roll if you're a little bit worried but people just like if i saw i saw like a family car just like the whole back seat and whole boot full of toilet paper and you're like come on but i don't know yeah no i i agree it, it's pretty crazy uh i i i, I <sighs> just kind of reiterating what you you said before and i i'm not trying to call anybody out specifically i'm sure there's some listeners on here uh, to the podcast that have probably uh, kind of bought into that kind of mentality as well but i that's exactly what my wife and i've been trying to do as well is live life normally you know we're, we're don't don't go shopping as if it is the end of the world go shopping like it like it's a normal day because for the most part it is a normal day and it, it it really kind of only takes one person to kind of start that domino effect, you know, cause w- someone will see someone else buying and hoarding and, you know, stockpiling supplies and they'll say, Oh, well, if they're doing it, I should do it too. You know? So it's kind of yep. the sheep mentality of just like following the herd, you know, without really, without really asking yourself, do I really need this or am I just doing it because I see other people do it? Okay. And so the, the quick little tangent is kind of funny. This is something I noticed this morning. So while we're standing in line, my wife and I, we see people grabbing grocery carts, uh, while they're standing in line. And you know, if there, if there's like multiple people in their party, they'll have someone else run and go get a grocery cart to come back. Um, you know, and stand in line with a grocery cart. And my wife and I were just kind of, and, and we, we kind of start thinking, we're like, Oh, should we go grab a grocery cart? Is there like, is it so busy that grocery carts are in short supply right now? And like, people are just grabbing them when they see them. And we, we didn't grab one. And sure enough, as we get to the front of the line, 
there are hundreds and hundreds of grocery starts stock, you know, stockpiled in the front, ready for people to come and grab them. And yet everybody already has one because they've just seen others grab the grocery cart as well, you know? And, and so without, and, and so you're not, you just start making decisions without really wondering why you're even making that kind of decision. You know, it's just, it, it, it's really crazy to see the impacts that, you know, coronavirus has had on just normal day-to-day society life. It's mad. It goes, it's just good. but think of what you were just saying there. It, it, it goes to kind of our basic instincts of who we are as, as animals. We're, we're social animals and we work kind of in a very pack kind of way and so when you're seeing when you're seeing other humans acting in this way it starts triggering a, a basic instinct like say that's but you haven't really fought it out it's just what you just go into doing because that's what we're built to do to do things in a in essentially a social way in a packed way to learn from other people and it's just and then you actually stop and think actually think about what it is that you're doing you realize that it's, it's maybe potentially not logical so it, yeah it's it's just mind-blowing everything like even stuff like that just blows my mind on how the coronavirus is just spending this wave of of panic and and doubt and kind of self um looking at yourself kind of how you should act it's just mad it's it's really interesting but but very mad yeah uh, I, 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 and who knows who knows when things are going to kind of settle down and get back into normal but um okay well listeners ryan and i we've got quite a few things to cover that we definitely want to keep you guys up to date with you know obviously uh, the main topic <laughs> unfortunately on today's episode it's going to you know, revolve uh, around coronavirus and kind of the impacts on uh, the movie industry and what's going on there but uh but ryan welcome back to the podcast it's great to have you here again have our our weekly chat with you. Um, but first things first, let's get down into some of the things that you and I've been watching recently. I know I've got, I've got a fun list here. <laughs> I added, I added a few movies to the list just yesterday alone. Um, you know, since everyone's kind of, um, kind of laying low in their house, you know, self quarantine and just staying indoors as much as possible. At least that's what it seems like is happening here in the U S. So, so yeah, I'm sure maybe people have the television on a lot more than normal, but, uh, um, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know what you've been watching recently since the last time you and I talked. Okay, cool. So I haven't really watched too many films. Um, as you're aware, I went to the cinema to see uh, Bloodshot, which I believe is on the agenda to have a little bit of chat about later on, so I won't go into too much detail, but that is on the list. Um, but other than that, I only ever actually watched two other films this week, and they both fall into the uh, Disney category, and I've been looking forward to chatting to you about them both, really, um, is I watched the live-action um, Lion King film this week, and I'm really Was that the first time you've seen your, it? Your thoughts. It is, yeah. I missed it at the cinema. I really, really want to see it because the Lion King cartoons like one of my favorite cartoons. But it was one of those things where I was, I was, me and my girlfriend really wanted to go see it, and then loads of things just kind of came up, and it just, for whatever reason, just it's just one of those things where we just missed it. I was, I was disappointed, but finally got around to seeing it, and I was really excited to kind of hear your thoughts on it because I can't remember how you felt about this film. So I did get to see the the live action Lion King in theaters. And it's funny because if, if you never seen, like if the cartoon had never been made, you know, and we're not going off of, off of something that was done before, 
the the remake i think would have been considered a a phenomenal movie um, because i mean it, it it essentially is a shot for shot and line for line remake of the original like same dialogue same same scenes same songs everything is played out exactly the same it's it is it is a carbon copy just updated for a more modern technical um you know animated style so i i think there is a lot to like about it but because it's just it's just a copy it's just a copycat i i i just thought it was okay i just thought it was okay um you know if 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 ever given the choice between which one i would want to watch it i'd probably always choose the animated version so that's that's my take on it um what what did you think of the movie because i i know the animated lion king is one of your like all-time favorite movies too yeah i love i've watched it like so many times and i think that's why it it is like it is a it is a copy it is pretty much like you say a, a carbon copy scene for scene they do add some new scenes in there and they do change things up a, a little bit and to be honest i feel like it was an impressive film because the the like you say the technology advancements are amazing it looks so good i was saying to saying to lauren today that i felt like even the research on how lions move and act was really impressive even to the point where you see like scar sit down you see like how lions sit and their ears twitch and everything like that it was a generally impressive film and a, a, a leap forward in kind of technology so i really was impressed with that but what i what i felt it really lacked was was kind of soul and essence to the film that that the original Lion King really has and it might be because I am a big fan of it and I really kind of look out for a lot of this stuff but it just felt like there was a checklist of the things that needed to happen and they had just made it happen but it didn't feel as if it was like there was a passion behind bringing that story to life and this is gonna be like really anal but there's one bit that that really kind of captured it for me where it really actually hit home why why I wasn't connecting with it is there's a bit the bit where um Rafiki tells him that Mufasa's still alive and to follow him and then he follows him and you see and then you see him go up to the water and then he looks in the water and Simba looks in the water and he's just like oh that that's just me and then he walks off and then Rafiki in the cartoon like there's so much essence with what he says he like turns to him and he goes he's like no 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 he's like look harder and he's like really like got a lot of emotion in what he's saying but in the in the film he's just like no look closer and it's just a bit like he looks there and then Mufasa comes out and it's I know it sounds really anal and it's like how much depth I look but it's just everything like that it just felt a little bit like oh, I've got to do that bit oh, I've got to do that bit instead of it there actually being a passion and an understanding of what's going on there and that's for me I just felt it just felt a bit flat even like Mufasa's death as well in it I felt flat it just felt like they were just checking stuff off a list and it didn't feel like there was any real emotion with it and i was like worried that this was like oh my god this is actually going to look like real lions going through this real emotion it's going to be horrendous but i looked and i was like there's actually there's actually more emotion in the cartoon like the facial expressions in the cartoon and stuff there's more of it so i was so i'm not gonna lie to you i was even the, even though i wasn't disappointed with it because it still had some great some great parts like the mufasa bit where he where he saves Simba, then he Simba has to go up and say like sorry to him and stuff. That scene was really good. I think every scene with James Earl Jones and Mufasa was was generally brilliant. He brought it to life. But 
mostly on the whole, like, it, it fell a bit flat. And also, no Jeremy Irons as the voice of Scar, I, I was worried, was going to fall flat for me, and, and that did as well. So, so it's a shame, but it is what it is. We've still got the original cartoon. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't ask Jeremy Irons to come back. I mean, they you know, they got James Earl Jones to come back and play Mufasa, but, you know, James Earl Jones continues to age, and as he ages, his voice is aged too, so he doesn't sound exactly like he does, you know, from from the original cartoon it's just like jeremy irons i think his performance is maybe even more iconic than james earl jones as mufasa like scar is it it was fantastic in in how jeremy irons you know made that character come to life in the in the animated version but uh so yeah weird that they didn't ask him to come back it's funny that you mentioned kind of those you know scenes where you said it's kind of lacks emotion one of the scenes that i thought it, it was my biggest pet peeve is in the very beginning the intro you know when they're kind of going through the ritual ceremony of of introducing simba to the kingdom you know and all the animals are you know celebrating and you know they bow and whatnot but it's it's when rafiki in the animated one when he takes simba and he he raises him up toward the sky it's very emphatic you know there's a lot of emotion uh in that scene and if you watch the live action one it, it's it's very anticlimactic it, it's it's just kind of he just kind of lifts him and there's not there's just like you said in the scene where Rafiki and the animated one says to to Simba look harder there's there's a lot of emotional heft to some of these scenes that in the new one it just really feels like it's lacking and something as simple as Rafiki holding Simba up you know the way that it does it in the animated one is so much better than the new one and those but those are those are really powerful scenes that you remember as a kid that have a lot of weight and so when they're trying to redo it it just it it just didn't hit for me so it's kind of interesting i saw someone ask this online you know what do you think is the best live action disney remake like i think about some of the movies i was really excited to see last year i was obviously excited to see lion king but i was a bigger fan of aladdin growing up and so you know when they said oh guy richie's gonna direct this and I, I was intrigued. I was intrigued, especially with Will Smith being genie and the movie, the movie was okay. I think I liked it a little bit more than Lion King. Did you see that one? Yeah, I've seen it. I, I did. I liked it more than, than Lion King. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. And we're, we're going to continue to get these live action remakes because, uh, Lion King was the second highest grossing movie of the year. It beat out star Wars. Like, it was Endgame and then Lion King for the top two highest earning box office movies from 2019. And so when Disney consistently, I mean, outside of a few, there are a few that like I, Dumbo did not do well. I still haven't seen that movie, but, you know, they're going to continue to make these as long as people, pay, you know, are paying to go see them. And that's kind of just how it is. It's like, OK, yeah, you know, a lot of people are upset that they're you know, oh, Hollywood's, you know, out of original ideas, all they do are, you know, they do reboots and remakes and sequels, which is kind of true. But the reality is they make them because that's what people pay to go see. So, you know, as long as people continue to go buy tickets to the the Disney live action remakes, Disney's going to continue to make them. Uh, that's just kind of how it is. But OK, uh, so you saw Lion King. What else did you see? Yeah. And uh, one other film, which is funny, actually, because I should have probably mentioned this in our Pixar chat. Last week, when I said I've seen all the Pixar films, that's actually a lie because I missed Toy Story 4. And I watched that this week. I actually missed Toy Story 4 at the cinema as well. So I've watched that for the first time um, this yeah, week. Yeah, what do you think? And 
and I felt like it was an entertaining film up to about eighty percent. I felt throughout <laughs> it that I didn't, I didn't need it. I felt like I didn't need it, but it was entertaining. It was good to see the characters alive, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed Forky's character. He was he was really funny, and there were some really funny moments in it, and there was some bits that um, some bits that got me at the back of the throat. But I think the film left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth because of the ending. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like the ending, and then it, and really? then after the back of it, I kind of felt like I didn't then need the film. No, I felt. The ending of of Toy Story three was better. I liked. Oh, for sure. I liked it. It left, yeah. it left this 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 point of it's like this is a toy's purpose is they will make a child happy to the point where where the child doesn't need them to make them happy anymore, and then they can move on to another child and and live this kind of this eternity of just bringing joy to children, and they'll they'll be passed on and keep moving on. And I liked that message. Now this message for me just leaves me a little bit of. Uh, Woody doesn't really want to do that anymore, and Woody ends up living happily ever after. But Woody's Woody's passion in life was always about bringing joy to to children, and yeah. now he's not going to do that. He's just going to go live off happily ever after with with Bo Peep, which is which is fine. But that's not his that's not his character. It hasn't been for the last three films. His character and, and why he does what it is is that he loves his friends. He loves being looking after his friends, and he and he loves looking after the the child that that owns him, and he has that bond with them, and. And they kind of just jolted that story a little bit, and I I found it quite sad because it just didn't feel authentic to 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 Woody's character to just go live by himself with Bo Peep and not look after his friends or or his his kid. So that's just how I felt. What about you? what do you think of that film? Yeah, I I agree with you that I th- I thought I thought it was a little unnecessary uh, considering how Toy Story three ended. It, it it was a near perfect ending for for the series and for those characters, I thought, you know, uh, Andy giving up his toys to, you know, someone else to impart his toys to, um, I'm, I can't even remember the little girl's name, but, um, you know, and then the, and the toys understanding and accepting, you know, that phase, like that chapter of their life is over, you know, Andy's grown up, he doesn't need us anymore. So let's go serve our purpose, you know, being the toys of another child. I think I thought that was the perfect ending. So, so when they announced the toy story four, it, it, it was, a little odd because it's like uh, i mean yeah it, uh, in any 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 you know movie trilogy that has such a solid ending and then they make another kind of kind of scratch your head as to well what's the point but i i did like toy story 4 i thought i i agree with you i think what you what you pointed out in in that it really redefining Woody's character for Toy Story Four. I think that's very accurate. I think the story within the middle. I I don't know. I just, I thought it was really entertaining. I was a big fan of Duke Kaboom, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I mean, last year was kind of a renaissance for Keanu Reeves. At least maybe the last two years have been. You know, ever since the John Wick movies. But um, I thought it was a good movie. You know, uh, I was kind of underwhelmed with the animated movies from last year anyway. When you saw like the lineup of the animated movies that were nominated for Best Picture or Best Animated Picture at the Oscars, it's just kind of like, okay, well, I guess it's a no brainer. Toy Story 4 is going to win. I, I haven't even, you know, heard of or seen the others. Um, it was just kind of lackluster in that category. So, but I agree. I Toy Story 3 was the better ending, and I thought it was the, the ending that fit better to the characters and to the story overall. But, it made a billion dollars. So who knows? I mean, they could make a fifth one. That's just, that's the thing, man. It, it's, it's really hard. It's hard. I think as a studio to like, 
okay, we're going to respect the integrity of the story that we've told while also maybe giving up a billion dollars at the box office because this is such a loved brand and franchise, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It really is. So, um, okay. Any other movies from you? No, that that's it. That's it. I think that's a good conversation out of that as well. So hit me with your list, man. All right, man. Okay. My list is a little bit longer, but that's all right. I've, I, there are a few movies on here that I watch because I, I'm going to have some reviews on, backseatdirectors.com that I personally was uh, well I've written one of these two are still pending Um, so the first one was it's a new Netflix movie starring Mark Wahlberg called Spencer Confidential so this was it was a fairly entertaining movie it was an interesting kind of buddy cop type movie where the the buddy of Mark Hamill is uh, played by Duke uh, um, is it Duke Winston or Winston Duke? I think it's. Winston. You mean Mark? Mark? You mean Mark Wahlberg? You said Mark Hamill. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, I totally meant Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not Mark Hamill. Mark Wahlberg. Um, but it, it, oh shoot, it, it's Winston Duke, isn't it? He's um, oh, I'm sure he, he I plays seen it yet. he plays Mbaku in yeah Winston Duke. Sorry, I was getting his name backwards. Uh, Winston Duke. He plays Mbaku in Black Panther. He's like the big warlord of the one of the five tribes. You remember him? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so that's, that's, it's a movie on Netflix. I've got the review on backseatdirectors.com. If you guys want to go check it out there. Uh, I went to an early screening of a movie called my spy starring uh, Dave Bautista. Uh, essentially yep. it's kind of a remake of kindergarten cop. So th- there are some differences in terms of the story, but it really is kind of just a remake of kindergarten cop. And, and the movie though, the it, movie's been it reminded me of that. It reminded me of that. Um, the Rock film. What's that? The one the Rock did quite early on. Um, <laughs> well, the Rock. The Rock had one called? called The Tooth Fairy, and then Vin Diesel had one called The Pacifier. Um, no, The Rock. The Rock had another one where he has a kid that he isn't aware of who just lands on his doorstep, and he's a he's an NFL football player. Have you, have you oh, noticed in that? Oh, I'm looking up his called? IMDb right now. I have no idea. It's called... Um, you know, he has over 114 like... acting credits on IMDb. <laughs> oh, God. There'll be a lot of it will be... Um, a lot of it will be wrestling, though, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of it is. Definitely a lot of it is. But I don't, I don't know what movie you're talking about. But I know... I mean, it is in the same vein. And this is part of my review that I'm going to have out. Uh, unfortunately, there's an embargo on the film right now. So I can't... I can't talk too much specifics about the movie um other than i'm gonna have a review out once uh, the week of the release which is now april 17th so yeah again the movie's been pushed back a month um so that's my spy uh i had my wife watch for the first time ever better off dead a classic 1980s movie starring john cusack have you ever seen it ryan i've not but the just sorry the film that is Dwayne johnson is the, the game plan Oh yeah, I I I don't even know if I've heard of it. The game. You have to check it out, but no, no, I've not seen that. Um, no, I've not seen that film or heard okay. of it. Go on. Classic, 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 classic eighties movies. Maybe maybe my favorite John Cusack movie. Um, it's I don't know how to describe it other than just pure eighties. It's got um just a very bizarre uh, trajectory of the different scenes throughout the story, but essentially the story is. Um, Lane is the main character played by John Cusack. He is a high school skier 
and he's trying to impress his girlfriend who just broke up with him uh, to get back with him um, by skiing the like most dangerous ski slope um, in the town that they live in. And it's just, it's a funny film, man. I love it. It's so fantastic. So that's better off dead. I watched for the first time ever on Disney plus. That's the only Pixar movie I had never seen the good dinosaur. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What'd you Have think? you seen it? Yeah. 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 It's good. Okay. So I, I don't know why it took me so long to see this movie. I think I've seen every other Pixar movie in theaters. It's one that fell. One. It's one that fell off the radar a little bit. Cause it, Oh, yeah, definitely. That was definitely. a weird one. It, it, it's, it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the best Pixar movie by any means. I think the story and that's kind of the strength of most Pixar movies is just kind of the story that the movie's telling. The story is really good. And the animation is incredible. Uh, the scenery uh, of, of every shot that the, that the movie takes place in almost looks real. You know, it, it kind of takes place in uh, some areas that are reminiscent of the state that I live in, in Utah, just kind of Southern Utah, uh, and these kind of deserty mountain areas, but, um, kind of a funky film, you know, it, it's, it, I think it kind of sets up the plot as the asteroid that hit earth and, you know, wiped out the dinosaurs just, missed earth and so dinosaurs they continue to live you know and be the dominant species on earth and so their dinosaurs are the ones that evolve and not humans you know even though there are humans humans are kind of a lower intelligent life form you know whereas dinosaurs now you know they build homes and they you know the, the main character he and his family have a farm you know so it's kind of it's kind of funky in that you know, they just kind of twist things, you know, dinosaurs are, are the main species, not humans and humans are kind of, they call humans critters, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but, uh, it's, it's, it's a good film. It's, it's kind of hard to measure Pixar films because there's so many great ones in the bar, you know, in terms of standard is so high. Um, but it's, it's good. If you haven't seen it, I definitely encourage anybody who hasn't seen any Pixar movie to go see Pixar, um, uh, whatever Pixar movie it might be. So that's the good dinosaur. And then I saw, <laughs> you interacted with me on Twitter about this movie, but, uh, I saw the a movie poster of Daniel Craig or uh, sorry, not Daniel Craig, Daniel Radcliffe, um, holding two guns up in a movie called guns akimbo. And, Daniel Craig is, or sorry, gosh, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe has, I think his career has really struggled ever since uh, the end of Harry Potter. And he's struggled to find his footing within the kind of the acting world. And this movie, <laughs> this movie only emphasized how much he is struggling because <laughs> the types of movies that he is willing to do. Uh, Guns Akimbo is a terrible movie and I absolutely could not recommend this to anyone i'll have a review up later on backseatdirectors.com this week but uh i i don't know man what do you think of daniel radcliffe and have you seen much of his movies since he's you know not been harry potter anymore um i'm trying to think yeah when you said that i'm trying to think of the last film that i saw him in um because i never caught that film he did with james mcavoy where he is that was it frankenstein's assistant or something oh um, no, yeah i didn't see that either but that um Something happened to that movie. I don't know. Did it actually even get? I wonder if it even got released. I think it did come out. I'm pretty did sure it? it got released. I think it just bombed. Oh, Victor just bombed. Frankenstein, um, 2015. 
Yeah, I yeah. definitely did not no, see he... that. <laughs> no, I missed that. Um, I'm just trying to think. You know, he's had some like... Um, he's had one called The Woman in Black that I think a lot of people know. That was his first oh, movie yeah, that after was successful. Harry Potter. That was quite successful, I think. I just think he... I don't think that he was ever really that great of an actor, to be honest. I think he, he fit the role of Harry Potter as a young child. And back, like, when you're a kid, it's hard to find very, very strong talent, acting talent, I think. And I think he's just, he's never really been that strong of an actor. And this the series kind of carried him for a little bit. I, I don't think he's been terrible. But I don't think that after that, he was going to really set the world alight with any fil- real films. I think he's maybe possibly good at being a supporting actor for other stuff, but he was always going to struggle. He was never that great of an actor, and to come out of something so legendary, it was it was going to be hard for him. And I'm not surprised you thought that film was awful because I saw the trailer for it, and it looks just absolutely shocking. Support. I don't even want to watch it because of how bad it looks. It looks like a genuine waste of time. <laughs> I, I. So I mean, my my uh, t- uh, post movie watching tweet was. Uh, I I was very very tempted to turn the movie off and just call it quits, you know. But I I kind of I kind of just if, if I start a movie I'll 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 end up finishing it. And it I mean I just I just want to without judging a movie and not seeing all of it. I I kind of feel like you kind of have to watch the whole movie to really get you know a, an accurate opinion on the movie. Well, I, there were multiple times where I'm like I can't believe I'm watching this. This movie is so terrible. I, <laughs> it's rare that I'll feel like, you know, a movie is like a one star type movie, but this is definitely one of them. Um, one of the things that made me think about though, I thought it was really interesting was I think someone whose career trajectory, uh, trajectory is maybe somewhat similar is you think about Robert Pattinson, you know, Robert Pattinson, you know, obviously, I mean, he didn't, ha- he wasn't like Harry Potter or as iconic of a, of a character as Harry Potter, but you know, he did star in, um, the Goblet of Fire, you know, as Cedric Diggory. And he also was a very well-known pop culture type icon as Edward Cullen in the Twilight movies, which you have seen recently. <laughs> Thank, you know, thanks for so, reminding me. Yeah, so he, he kind of gets shoehorned into, you know, what kind of what, you know, a lot of kid actors, I think, do when you take on a, a very pop culture type role and then you only get known as that one role. But, but... Robert Pattinson has really, really been able to break away and distance himself from kind of his earlier stuff and do some very quality films. And obviously now he's landed Batman, you know, but I, I, and it probably just comes down to just who's the better actor. (laughs) Uh, Guns Akimbo did not do anything to convince me that Daniel Radcliffe is a good actor, unfortunately. So that, that, that's Guns Akimbo. I've got a few more. Um, I saw One Fine Day um, on HBO Now. My wife uh, wanted to watch that one, so we watched that one. It's a 90s rom-com with uh, um, George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer. It's a cute film. Um, If you haven't seen it, if you're into rom-coms, definitely check that one out. And then I saw Bloodshot uh, to get ready for today's podcast. And then last night, um, uh, we watched Thor. Um, I picked that one. And my wife had never seen it. The original Thor, the 2011 Thor, I think it came out in 2011, which um, I think is a very underrated film within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It, it, the the tones and styles very different from where Thor has ended up now. <laughs> um, it was much more grounded, much more serious. Um, than... Even Thor looks different in that film, though. Did you notice that he's oh, very, yeah, he, well, very he, clean? He, well, yeah, no, yeah. And uh, if in his costume, 
the the original Thor movie costume is my favorite Thor costume out of all of them. I think it looks the best by far out of any other Thor costume that he's ever worn. It, it, it looks really good. I pull up some pictures, man, from the costume that he wore for Avengers, which was the next movie that Thor appeared in. And then and then the Dark World, it those look they just look like some really low grade cosplay compared to his <laughs> costume in, in the original Thor. But I like it. I think it's 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 a very underrated movie. I think the storyline with Loki and and kind of the depths to which Loki's character struggles in that movie, I think are are really, really good. Um, you know, and just kind of this 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 battle that he's fighting between he loves Thor, but he is so incredibly jealous of his brother as well. And kind of just how he craves, he wants to be, you know, he wants to be loved. He wants to be acknowledged. He wants to have kind of that same recognition as, as his brother Thor, but it's really good. Um, we watched that, you know, my wife had never seen it and she said, okay, well let's watch the next Thor. And I, I told her, I'm like, well, it's kind of hard to skip Avengers because Avengers happens after Thor and it happens before dark world. So if you skip Avengers, you're not really going to know what happened to Loki and that Loki was kind of the, he's the main bad guy in Avengers, you know? And so that sets up the story for dark world. And so she said, okay, let's do it. Let's watch Avengers. So we did a double feature last night and watched Thor. And then we watched the Marvel's Avengers, the 2012 one. So, <laughs> and that's my list. That's my list. Um, that is cool. That's a good list. That is a good list. I like, what do you, what did you think? I've watched Avengers again quite recently and, I held that film in quite high regard, almost like a 10 out of 10 film. But for me, it's kind of dropped down to probably about 8 out of 10 now. I think now all the recent Avenger films have come out and the superhero genre has kind of expanded so massively. I think it. I look back at it and it, it feels kind of a bit a bit cheap. Not like massively oh, cheap, but it, it oh feels a little, a little cheap. Oh, definitely, definitely. And that's, that's one of the things that I've kind of... I can't remember who I was talking to this uh, about the same discussion but i i i'm concerned that the marvel movies not all of them but some of them are not going to age well i think after a while they are going to feel a little bit cheap just outdated somewhat um and i know this is this is probably a very unpopular and uncommon opinion but the uh, marvel's avengers the first one it's my least favorite avengers movie i i like age of ultron even more than than uh the first avengers and 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 there there are some reasons why um but i i still like it though it's a good movie it's a really good first team-up movie i think the dynamics between tony stark and cap you know those seeds are planted in this movie you know and they and that those i mean i don't want to call it seeds because it's not really <laughs> it's the wedge between them uh is first planted this movie and it continues you know their relationship grows apart continue uh continually you know until you know until civil war um but it's a good movie i I think i think i'd probably give it probably i don't know a seven out of ten i guess if i were to rate it but but yeah it's okay it's good that's cool it's good yeah no it's good so i got before we before we move on andre there's something that um I need. To, I want to ask you um, because uh, I told you quite recently that a guy from our work, Chris. So Chris, hi Chris. You, we had a um, a bit of a conversation where I kind of took the mick out of him a little bit at work, and I said that I was going to bring it up because he listens to our podcast, and I I was going to ask you whether you whether you knew this or whether you kind of agree with this being something that ever happened. So he, he's he told me that back in the day when Die Hard 2 was released, it was released under the name of Die Harder. 
and we we couldn't find any real solid evidence that this was the case. So I said that I'd bring it to uh, Andre's at- attention to see if he had ever come across of that film being called Die Harder. <laughs> Um, this is a great question and one that I would love to settle. Um, so I can understand why he'd be confused there. Okay. The, the movie, the actual movie, the Bruce Willis movie is called die hard Two. Okay. So it's, it is not die harder. However, however, there is a die harder, um, video game. So I'm I'm pretty sure that this was I don't know if it, it it may have been too early for PlayStation but there is a video game called Die Hard 2 Die Harder. So I don't know if maybe he was thinking of that. Um well, but the slogan the slogan for the film was was Die Harder as well. On the poster it says Die Harder in the background. So there's a lot of and he did find something on Wikipedia I can't remember what it said that kind of threw a lot a bit of a curveball in about about half an hour after we had the conversation but uh but yeah i just thought i would put it to you because it was a very funny conversation that we having well, and me and a, i just and a i just looked up kind of laughing yeah no i just looked up the movie poster and the official movie poster it does say die harder on it but the official name is die hard too um so yep. yeah yeah cool there you go <laughs> that's, then. That's there you good. go chris sorry man that's good no, that's good <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, listeners, uh, uh, Ryan and I, we're going to move on to kind of our uh, bits of news that we want to share. Obviously, you know, um, uh, so much in the world right now is being impacted and affected by the coronavirus and just, you know, uh, obviously we hope everyone is healthy and well and safe out there. Um, We just want to give you guys kind of some updates as to the impact of the coronavirus having within the movie industry. So this, uh, this past week was pretty hard on a lot of uh, uh, movies that are set to release uh, in the month of March and April. There have been quite a few delays and a lot of big-name movies. Um, so I, I had already mentioned My Spy. My Spy was moved back to uh, back a month, so that comes out April 17th. Um, the next big movie that was set to come out this coming weekend is A Quiet Place Part 2, and unfortunately has been delayed. And there is no uh, release date, a future release date. It's, it is kind of just... Uh, suspended indefinitely to be determined. Um, you know, you guys stay close to backseat directors and life of films to, uh, kind of get these updates as well. Um, and then we have, uh, uh I'm just going to kind of run through this list, Ryan, real quick, but Peter rabbit yeah. two was pushed back. It was going to come out the first week of April. It was pushed back until August 7th this year. So we're going to have to wait a few months. Uh, Disney's probably most anticipated movie of the year. Mulan, uh, was set to come out in April or no, sorry. It was going to be the last weekend of, of March. So just a couple weeks, but that it's also been postponed with no new release date yet. Um, then there's a, a rom-com coming out, uh, that's been postponed. No release date. The, the movie's called lovebirds. And then, Oh man, you kind of feel bad. Kind of feel bad for this movie. Uh, the new mutants, <laughs> this movie cannot catch a break. This movie I think was supposed to come out like two years ago originally, but, um, the 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 last x-men movie that's kind of a part of the you know 20th century fox x-men the new mutants uh, has been delayed with no new release date yet uh fast and furious f9 
uh, was set to come out April this year, but it is now been pushed back to April of 2021, which is kind of crazy to me. I, they, they delayed the movie an entire year. Um, so they must, think, yeah. they must think that that they must have some sort of stats that 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 weekend that time for them must be a good time to to launch their films. They they must have some sort of information behind it that that is out of all the times for them to release their films, probably the best time for them to push it back that far because that that is mad. Right, maybe so. And this is Universal Pictures' uh, biggest franchise. You know, this is their biggest IP. Um, and you know, I you know with well, actually, Universal has Jurassic Park, don't they? Is that Universal now? I think it is. Anyway, yeah, so has Jurassic Park, yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, so F nine's been pushed back a year. The, uh, most of you already know that the next James Bond movie, the last Daniel Craig James Bond movie, No Time to Die, has been postponed until November of this year. And then there was a horror movie um, that was being, I think it was uh, being produced by Guillermo del Toro. It's called The Ant- uh, Antlers. Um, starring Carrie Russell, but that movie's been postponed with no new release date either. So, uh, Ryan, just a, a lot of crazy stuff, man. You know, a, a lot of movies that people have been looking forward to that, you know, a, a, these movies, most most of them don't even have new release dates. You know, at least for James Bond and others, uh, we have we know at least when to expect uh, these movies. But some of these, you know, uh, A Quiet Place Part Two, New Mutants, Mulan, no release date. What, what's what, what's your opinion? What are your thoughts on what's going on? I think, to be honest, I I I'm not a scientist, so I don't know if it's a, if it's the best decision or not. I've I've not been around anyone that's that's got coronavirus or or even remotely know anyone that knows anyone that's got it. So for me, it it feels like a bit of an over exaggeration to be this intense with it because life still has to go on. People are catching it and like doing all this is a bit intense but on the, on the, on that same thought it's it's better to be safe than sorry um and if they are generally putting kind of their viewers first with this then that's fine if they're putting their thoughts on the fact that they don't think anyone's going to come and watch it and they're putting it back because they want to get the most out of their money then then maybe that's a bit dodgy i don't know but if they're putting their viewers first and they're generally just concerned of the safety then then fine that's a, it's it's a good thing to do if you are concerned and and it's still going to come out. People are still going to see the film, and so be it. I just, like I say, I, I've not been really massively involved around anything coronavirus at this stage. It's it's not been a part of my life directly, so it feels like a and like a bit of an overreaction. But I don't know. It's it's hard to have a, a opinion on it when I'm not massively educated to have one. What about yeah, yourself? What do you think? yeah. So I, I, I mean, I'd like to think, I'd like to think that the movie studios were also considering the health of their patrons and people that are buying tickets to go see these movies in crowded, you know, uh, highly populated movie theaters. Um, uh, obviously, uh, box office financials really plays a factor into studios pushing these movies back. I'll give you an example. So, onward, you know, the Pixar movie that just came out. Um, I think it was just yeah just last week so onward had it had the lowest opening weekend box office of any movie since like ratatouille in like 2007 for for a pixar movie and you know and they didn't they did not get to uh open up in china so uh, and again for reference and anybody uh, i actually wrote about this just box office numbers on the website so if you're you're interested go go check out those uh that article that i wrote about so last year Toy Story 4 made over $13 million in China. Uh, 
in you know there are countries where box office numbers really you know they they really contribute a lot to the total uh, money that a, a movie can bring in and so onward was unable to open up in the countries that were currently being impacted by uh, the coronavirus and and it just it had a really poor opening uh, financially speaking and so i think a lot of these studios are really they're starting to understand that maybe right now is not the best time to be releasing new movies uh, just to watch them bomb at the box office and and it's really unfortunate i i, I think you know, I mean, I guess if we were going to rank the things that were unfortunate, uh, uh, you know, that were being impacted by coronavirus, movies are probably, you know, toward the bottom of the list, at least in reference for our podcast and our current discussion. It is unfortunate. Uh, you know, I went I went to the theaters yesterday to go see Bloodshot, and there were more employees at the theater than there were patrons. You know, so I, I in in my movie, my movie, and again, it's bloodshots. So I mean, I'm not sure how well it's going to do anyway if coronavirus, the coronavirus wasn't really a thing right now. But there were 10 people in my movie on a Saturday, <laughs> 10, you know, for a brand new movie. And uh, it just it, it really there, there really is a, a, a strong impact that it is having within the industry and studios are recognizing that and they some of these movies cost a lot of money to make, you know, and, and they want to make sure that they can, they get some return on their investment. And I think, I think as moviegoers as well, I think we want to have a good movie experience, you know, going to see these movies in theaters and, you know, going to a movie theater with hesitations or reservations on, are there going to be sick people there? Am I sick? You know, is this, is this a safe place for me? Um, it's just, it's so crazy, man. It's so crazy. This has never happened in my lifetime. It's crazy that we're even talking about this, but I don't know, man. You you have anything else to say on what's going on with this? No, I think we got it. I think we got it covered. It's, it's hard to have a, a, a real proper opinion on it because it's, it's just so mad. Like you said, it, it, I have no idea how to like think or even comprehend what's going on. I keep thinking to myself, I it can't get any worse. I can't get any worse. And it just keeps on getting worse. So oh, I know. It is, it is kind know. of worrying. So I'm just, I'm just rolling with the punches. Um, I, it's, it's sad. Obviously me and me and yourself, have got a trip to, to um, LA together and in, in less than a couple of months. And I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't get affected. It would be really sad, but there's also a level of me that's also thinking not just about the holiday, but if it's still like, the way it's escalating in six weeks time when we were planning on doing this trip, it's like, how bad is it? If it's, if it's still at a point where we can't travel then, like how bad is it going to be? Like, it's just kind of worrying, like with the rate that it's escalating and it's not toned down by then it, it will be at quite a, quite a bad state. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just really worrying and trying not to think too much about it and just trying to get on with, with my day. Yeah, no, I, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you and I, you and I have known each other for over three years now, and this was, this was going to be our, our moment to actually officially meet up and we're going to go, you know, hang out in LA, go to Disneyland, you know, just go have some fun down in California. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, at, at, if, if things continue in the current direction that things are going, uh, you know, I, 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 I hope, I hope our trip still happens. You know, it's, it's crazy, man. It really is. I've got a brother in Argentina right now. He's, he's been in Argentina for well over a month now and he was going to be there through uh, mid April. Well, then they just, they just announced that all, 
uh, travel from Argentina is being restricted start, starting Monday this coming, or yeah, this week, so tomorrow. So yesterday he booked himself a flight, and uh, he's on a flight right now uh, coming back to the U.S., and so it's just the world is in commotion, and it's just kind of crazy to see everything that's been going on. But um, just a few other uh, things that I wanted to uh, let the listeners know about, you know, obviously some more uh, things that are being impacted within the industry. Uh, both production of TV and movies are being delayed. So it was announced that Matt Reeves, the Batman movie, has been delayed two weeks. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion production of filming has been delayed. Mission Impossible 7 has been delayed. Uh, Marvel's Shang, is it Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Seven yeah. Rings is being delayed. Peter Pan and Wendy is being delayed. Disney Plus TV shows uh, WandaVision, Loki, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier have uh, halted. Uh, production on Apple TV Plus shows of The Morning Show, Sea, Servant, Mythic, uh, Mythic Quest, all in season two of these shows have all been delayed. You know, so it's, it's, it's something that um, um, hopefully does not continue. You know, hopefully within you know, the next few weeks, things will begin to settle down globally. People will, you know, be able to get back to their kind of daily routines and, you know, and, and uh, the shows and movies that we're excited to see continue to get made. So that's kind of, kind of our hope right now, but okay. Uh, listeners, yeah. uh, Ryan and I, we've got a movie review for you guys. Uh, we're going to, we're going to review the latest Vin Diesel starred action, uh, movie called bloodshot. Um, and Ryan and Ryan and I saw it just recently, and we've got some other things that we're going to discuss regarding the film. But Ryan, let's go ahead and jump right into the film. Um, were you familiar with this character? Obviously, we know that this is based off of a, a comic book. Um, it's from a, a lesser known line of comics uh, called Valiant Comics, I believe. And um, but yeah, I mean, within Valiant Comics, I think this is one of their main or most popular characters. And Vin Diesel got to bring him to life on the big screen. So, uh, how familiar were you with uh, with Bloodshot before going into this movie? Literally, not never even heard it before. Yeah, no, same here. Never been created. <laughs> this character wouldn't even be on my radar, nor would this yeah, this comic book be on the radar. So, so no, it was an introduction for me. Whether it was a good one or not, I'm not too sure. But yeah, it was it was certainly an introduction. <laughs> yeah no i i had never heard of bloodshot before this movie um when you saw the trailer when the trailer came out what do you think of the trailer um to be honest i didn't think the film looked looks brilliant um it looked interesting the premise looked good and i'm a big guy pierce fan even though some films of his has been touch and go but obviously he started in a memento which is christopher nolan film which is great so He's got his ability to really punch out some decent films, so that was a big selling point for me. But no, the, the trailer didn't make me jump off my seat to like want to go see it. It was it seemed interesting, but yeah. What did you did you like it? Did you think it looked good? Yeah. So I mean, I, okay. Th- this is this is the caveat, right? It's Vin Diesel. It, Vin Diesel isn't. Yeah. He, he's not that great of an actor. You know, people that go see Vin Diesel movies. You know, they 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 kind of know what they're gonna get. At least I think you should. You should know what you you're gonna get yourself into if you're gonna go see a movie that stars Vin Diesel, right? And I mean, obviously, Vin Diesel's known from you know more from his Fast and Furious franchise movies, and um, but I I was intrigued. I was intrigued just because I wasn't familiar, you know, with the character. Then I heard, oh, this is based off a comic book. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll learn a little bit more about this. 
And yeah, no, I mean, it, it looked interesting. It looked interesting. And again, I mean, like I said, it, it's Vin Diesel. My expectations were very high anyway. Listeners, just FYI, Ryan, I do want to get into spoilers. So if you are listening to this right now, this review, uh, and you don't want to hear spoilers about the movie, maybe just fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, we've got some other things that we're going to talk about that aren't necessarily spoilers. But I do, I do want to talk spoilers, Ryan, just because this movie is it's not going to do well at the box office. Not a lot of people are going to the movies anyway. So let's just go ahead and spoil the heck out of this. Um, <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about the things that we enjoyed first. Okay. So why don't you go first? Okay. I thought the, it had a fairly good twist. I think it was slightly ruined a little bit in the trailers, but I felt the kind of the twist was quite yeah, good. It, um, it kind of gives it away like in the trailer. Was... Don't you think? I mean, because I went back and rewatched does, the trailer, yeah. and I thought, "Wow, that, that's kind of obvious what's going to happen." Yeah, exactly. So I felt like if they hadn't really given that away, it would have been quite an interesting twist that the whole premise of his life and everything has just been this this virtual loop, um, which I thought was was interesting. I thought it was a good premise, and and it was a shame that it was ruined in the trailer somewhat because that may have have. Um, increased my enjoyment of it instead of when I was watching it I was like I was kind of seeing some level of a twist pan out but I still enjoyed it I still thought it was good um, I didn't necessarily think Vin Diesel was was that bad in it um, I think he was okay he's I, Vin like, Diesel it's just Vin Diesel being Vin Diesel <laughs> he is but to be honest to be honest he, he has I'm not sure if you saw the most recent the triple x film where he came back that was like was it called like the return of Xander Cage and it was just like awful. His acting in it was like an all time low. So I didn't think his acting could get worse. So I was worried that I was going to be kind of served that side of Vin Diesel because some somewhat reason the F the Fast and Furious films seems to pull out the best performances in him. Um and then I was worried that anything outside of that was going to be dreadful. So I thought he was alright. Like he was good. Um like I said, I like Guy Guy Pierce is a really good actor. In anything that he does, I think he's just got poor choice in film quality sometimes. But I really like him as an actor, and I don't think that he was bad in it. I, I, I enjoy him. Um, well, that's the thing. Yeah, but okay, and that's something it. I do want to talk about because Guy Pierce, Guy Pierce, I do, I agree, I do think that he is a quality actor. And and like you said, I think the his choice in films is is very questionable at times. Why does he always seem to play the bad guy? He it seems like a role that he can't get out of. I, I think more often than not, he's the bad guy. And and so like when he, when I, you know, when I knew that Guy Pierce was going to be in this movie, you kind of already assume, okay, even though they kind of set him up as a nice guy, a guy who might have Vin Diesel's best interest in the movie, he's not a good guy still. I mean, was it that yeah. obvious? I well, mean, I've, yeah, I think he, his days of being a good guy were, um, flushed down the loo when he did time machine was it called time machine <laughs> the time machine with with samantha mumba i think from that point onwards no one really wanted him to play a good guy and he plays it he plays a villain quite well so i think he's just somewhat maybe been typecasted a little bit to be able to to be in that because no one wants him to be a goodie again if he's going to be serving up stuff like the time machine yeah i, I mean ever since yeah i think i think one of his best movies and maybe it's just the quality of the movie in general but uh the count of monte cristo is so very good and his his character in that movie i think he plays it perfectly uh you know you just you love to hate him in that movie but i i I thought he was good in this movie you know things things from 
from kind of midway till the end of the movie, things play out fairly formulaic. You know, it kind of has kind of has just kind of those same tropes of movies within the same genre, you know? Uh, so, uh, uh, man. Okay. Here are the things that I liked. What did right. you, what did you like? Okay. Yeah. What did, you, what I, did I thought, you not like about it? I thought some of the visuals were pretty cool. I think that scene when they are in the tunnel and that big semi truck crashes and there's powder everywhere and it looks like snow. It, it was, it was a truck carrying tons of flour. And so I think that really added a very cool element to kind of the lighting in, in the, the action scene that ensued afterward. I thought that was done very well. Um, I thought the slow motion effects at some of the scenes, you know, cause you know, bloodshot, he, you know, he, he, his, his blood is made up of these nanobots that essentially are able to repair his body almost immediately, you know? So he kind of has the, the Wolverine, you know, ability to self heal, but it's done by technology. And so, you know, those scenes where he's getting shot or blown up and it shows like his face, like half his face coming off, but then also being rebuilt together. I thought those are, they're cool. I think it's just kind of cool to see. Um, there, there are some very good topics that the, that the movie begins to cover, but does not go near deep enough. I think because the way that technology is currently progressing, you know, and people who do need, um, you know, say someone is, you know, they're missing an arm and they need a bionic arm, right? Like these are some stuff that we're starting to see that's kind of becoming more commonplace. Like, I don't know if you saw Alita Battle Angel from last year, but they brought this girl who was a, I don't think she was a double amputee. I think she was just born without arms and they gave her these prosthetic arms that were designed after kind of what Alita uh, from the movie had and they worked like totally functional. And so, you know, in the movie we have characters that have also received these prosthetics, you know, like uh, uh, ex soldiers that lost their legs and now they have these really advanced prosthetics. This is something within real life that's really starting to become very common and will only continue, you know, and then they start to bring up more um, maybe questionably ethical things like well you know what if what if someone you know loses their eyes you know can we build something that you know is is you know has the capability uh that uh, that is even more advanced than what our current eyes are able to do you know and like um so in terms of in terms of ethical questions regarding human body enhancements with technology i think there are some really good intriguing questions that the movie begins to ask but does not go nearly deep enough um for for really provocative thought so um i I thought those were some good parts of the movie um again it's vin diesel vin diesel (laughs) when does vin diesel not ever uh, appear in a tank top i feel like any movie he's in he's always in a tank top it's just kind of funny but uh yep um Okay, let's uh, let's 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 go ahead and get down to the dirtier parts of the movie. Let's, let's tell me what you did not like. What I did not like, and this one is top top of the list easily that did my head in, was his little sidekick friend. What the hell was he? What what was that all about? <laughs> the tech guy. The guy he finds it. The, the guy, guy he finds in the cellar. Yeah, the tech guy. The the guy who's in New Girl. The black guy, um, with a weird accent. Oh, really? You, like, you, you didn't. What the hell? You didn't like his character. 
No, please don't tell me you liked his character. <laughs> Did you like his character? His, his oh, I thought he was awful. Lamorne Morris. So I'm more familiar with him from, um, uh, what movie? Oh yeah, he's in Night. New Girl. Well, I know he's in New Girl, but I don't watch New Girl. But he was in the movie Game Night from a couple years ago, 2018, and I loved that movie. He was very good in that movie. So he the uh, the um, Rachel McAdams yes. and. Yes, Jason Bateman film. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. So he's in that movie. I, I didn't, I didn't mind his character. It, it, the, the, the characters that kind of annoyed me were the two soldiers that were always going after Bloodshot. You know, the, the kind of those two henchmen that had those, you know, the prosthetic legs and stuff like that. It just, yeah, uh, they, they, there was, they kind of hated him for no reason. Exactly. Yeah, they have this vendetta toward him, but you have no idea why. Why they're so you know, angry at this guy and why they want to hurt him. But those, those were the two characters that kind of annoyed me the most, but okay. So you didn't like his character. What else? <laughs> um, I, I felt like the, the film had the typical Vin Diesel cheese kind of the fest in it. Oh, but I just didn't really like, like his relationship with the, um, with the female lead in it just felt weird and kind of off. She kind of just automatically just takes this shine to him, and you say it's never really explained why. So I thought that was a bit weird. Also, his relationship with his wife—she was probably one of the worst actors I've ever come across in my life. <laughs> Her acting was so bad; it made Vin Diesel look like Brad Pitt in in the acting standards because hers was so bad. So I was like, this just feels awful. Um, yeah. So th- those are a few things that just really just didn't get me going. Um, there was some say some decent stuff in it, but it just generally felt quite um quite bland to be honest, that there was no real heart or essence to the film that could be portrayed very well because of the, the most of the acting in it was was quite poor, um and it was directed quite not so great. And the CGI I felt was okay, but it, it could have been better. The film might have actually done better possibly if it was maybe up kind of certificate and it could have maybe focused a little bit more on kind of a gory side of him and looking at the regenerating of it kind of a bit more gory that might have made it a bit more interesting but for me it just felt very very bland yeah this it definitely seemed like this was a character that was more suited to a a rated r movie not not to just see the gore for the gore sake but but because of what his body is able to do the regeneration ability I, i i definitely agree i think i think from what i was hearing i think people that were fans of this character uh, when they heard that it was going to be a PG-13 movie, I think they were disappointed just because it, what it seems like is within at least the comics, the comics really aren't PG-13 type comic books anyway. But the character that you're talking about, uh, I don't want to call her the love interest because there was no romance between them, but she definitely did kind of take a liking to him. But she's she's also like an enhanced person. She has she has those, you know, the, the breathing mechanism that, you know, she's able to be underwater for, you know, extended periods of time or something like that. But, uh, the, the actress's name is, uh, Isa Gonzalez and people might know her more from baby driver. Uh, she was an elite of battle angel as well. And she did play in Hobbs and Shaw. So she's, she's kind of getting out there in more movies, maybe not the highest quality movies, um, but I, I mean, baby driver, I really like that movie, but, um, she, her character, her character, I think more than anything is what kind of gave me the more of the vibe of kind of the, 
the Mark Wahlberg starred Transformer movies. There's there's an element of entertainment to those movies that is also found in Bloodshot, but the movies are just lacking some serious serious heart and and um, quality that kind of uh, could could help these movies stand out more. But this is my my kind of official take on Bloodshot. Bloodshot was a movie that the studio took a chance on because it is an unknown comic book character. You know, there are niches of fans, you know, for, for this, this movie. Um, and they chose Vin Diesel because Vin Diesel is a fairly well-known actor and they probably thought, Oh, we can get more, more people to go see the movie if it is starred by Vin Diesel. But I don't think Vin Diesel was the guy to choose for this kind of movie. I, I think, I think the movie would have been better served if it was rated R, if it was a lower budget movie, you know, I, I don't know the official numbers on how much money it took to make this movie. Oh, well, you know what? I, I got to take that back. <laughs> I just I just looked it up. It's $45 million, so that's actually not that much. So it's already kind of a lower budget action action film anyway. But I just I don't think this was Vin Diesel at his best. It, it, it just didn't seem like his kind of movie. He's not he's not an army dude. It, it, you put him in. You put him in the the army gear as a soldier. It 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 just doesn't. It just does not vibe. You know, <laughs> you know, like when remember in the beginning when he meets up with his wife, she picks him up at the airport after he gets, he gets back from his tour of duty, and he immediately takes off his army shirt just to get it into, into his into his tank top. You know, right there on the tarmac. So it's just I don't I know. know, man. It, so the director, this is what I wanted to say as well. Dave Wilson is the director. This is the first movie he has ever directed. The only other thing that he has a directing credit to is an episode from the Netflix show from last year called Love, Death, and Robots. I don't know if you checked that out. Um, it's a pretty crazy show. I, I do recommend watching it just from how creative and different it is. But uh, he directed one episode of that, and that's it. That's it. So this is wow. he he got a chance to direct this and well you'd think he'd had some You might not get a chance to direct well, something else after this. It's really unfortunate because I think there are a lot of things that are playing against this movie anyway, you know, considering the current climate that we're we're in. The movie's going to totally fail the box office, which sucks for the movie, but um I mean, do you think do you think that Vin Diesel was the guy to choose for this movie? I just don't think he was. Um no, I agree. I don't think that he he was the right choice. I think he's he's just doesn't really fit like that soldier role. Like you said, it was I don't know. I, I don't know. It he wasn't the worst part in the film, but no, I, I'd have liked to have maybe seen someone a little bit different, maybe someone a little bit more up and coming play the role. I don't think he does emotion very well, which I think there were some parts where they they required a bit more of a a deeper emotional acting part, um, like at the beginning with his wife. Um, but I, I didn't think he was the worst part in it, but no, I agree. They, they probably could have done someone of a better acting capability to kind of drive a, a low budget film through. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and give our official recommendation. So, uh, either you think it's a go see it worth full price of admission. Um, either it's maybe a matinee. You think that there, there's probably an audience for this, uh, you don't think people should pay full price, but maybe if you have a discount ticket, go see it or no go. You don't think it's worth seeing at all. <laughs> you didn't enjoy it at all. Um, you can't recommend it. So what is your official recommendation? <laughs> it's sadly Vinny. It's a no go from me. 
Um, I, I, I was expecting that. That's totally fine. I think I, I'm not going to be as harsh. I think I'll just say maybe matinee because I do, I do believe there's an audience for it. I know fans of the comic book will likely go see this movie anyway. I think if you're a Vin Diesel fan and you want to see Vin Diesel in an action movie, well, this is your movie. Um, so I'll say maybe matinee. Um, yeah, I, I just thought it was, it was a fairly generic action movie. It just didn't seem, it didn't really do anything different enough to stand out among, you know, a wide genre of, uh, of this, of this genre of movies anyway. So, um, okay. Listeners, one last thing that Ryan and I want to do, uh, to kind of end the episode, you know, we, we just want to kind of read through a little bit of list of movies that we, um, that you guys might not be aware are comic book adaptations. Um, but maybe not aware that they are comic book adaptations because they're not Marvel or DC, you know, so not Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, or Iron Man, Spider-Man, etc. So, um, Ryan, I wrote down a list, um, in front of us right now. Um, I, let's just run through this r- real quick and, uh, um, and maybe pick out some of our favorites. So, um, we've got Atomic Blonde, uh, which is not, uh, a movie I still have not seen, uh, starring Charlize Theron. It came out 2017. Did you see that movie? Yeah, I saw Atomic Blonde. Um, I found it entertaining at the start, but it got kind of boring fast. Yourself? Um, I know. I know the movie was well regarded. I think for some of the fight choreography, but yeah, I didn't see the movie. So that that is uh, from a graphic novel called The Coldest City. Uh, next up, we've got Cowboys and Aliens, Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. What, what, what do you think of this movie? Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. It's all right. Entertaining enough. I think uh, John Favreau directed that, and I think it was very early on in his directing um, films. It fills in kind of very similar kind of genre as his sort of movies that I don't think they're ever world beaters, but... I find it kind of entertaining. Yeah, no, I think it's so. it's it's a weird it's a weird story and weird enough that I think it it, it strangely works. Um, so, uh, it, oh, who's the actress that plays in that movie? Olivia Wilde. Oh yeah, Olivia Wilde. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, let's let's go ahead and keep going through the list. So this th- this is maybe a more well known movie that you guys might not know is uh, adapted from comic books, uh, Caliber Comics to be specific, The Crow and. A movie again that I haven't seen. Uh, I think they made a few of them in the '90s. Have you seen that movie? The Crow is in the Brendan Williams, uh, Brendan Lee. Sorry, yeah, Brendan Lee. I think film. so. Yeah, yeah, he died filming that, didn't he? He died filming that Did film. He? Yeah, they've only done one. Yeah, he was killed in when filming that film. Do you not know that? Oh. And they had to replace him for, like the last few scenes. <laughs> what? No. And from my from my recollection, that the um they. There's something that happened with the gun that he gets shot with, um, and actually like shot some sort of like real bullet or something like that. Don't quote me on this. Like it was a long time ago. I heard the story, but yeah, he died whilst filming that film. That is insane. I have no idea. I'm, I'm gonna have to go and look yeah, read up on it. Up. It's That's mad. crazy. So okay, so the crow came out in 1994. There was a sequel called Crow, The Crow, City of Angels in 1996, and then in 2000, The Crow Salvation. And then in 2005, The Crow, Wicked Player. So uh, Brandon Lee does not star in any of those sequels. And I guess that is the reason why. That is crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, look that up, man. It's mad. Okay. It's a mad story. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay. Uh, this next this next one is uh, definitely more well-known um, uh, title to a movie. Uh, Hellboy. Obviously, I think we've had 
three Hellboy movies now, but this is from Dark Horse Comics. Um, did you see the new one? The new one that came out last year? I'm not, I missed it. No, I missed the new one. I know. Um, it, but the first two are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, the first two are good from Guillermo del Toro. Um, I did not see the new one. I know it did not do well critically. I think it, it, I think it got like in the teens on Rotten Tomatoes. So... Um, it was uh, there was um, I remember seeing like something that really put me off was like that someone was highlighting the quality of how bad the film in it films are and there's a snippet of of Hellboy doing like a roll on the floor in front of like a monster and his arm his um, stone arm actually goes from one arm and then back onto the other uh. and I was like oh my god that's so bad <laughs> so yeah okay so then uh, the, uh, Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd um, I, I learned that this is from the longest running British comic strip ever, Judge Dredd. Um, I, okay. I've, I've and you missed out. Carl Carl Urban Carl Urban did Judge Dredd as well. He remember? did. He did. Yeah. No, they did. A, they did a reboot Dredd. of it. Um, um, I I I've seen both. It's been a long time since I've seen the Sylvester Stallone ones, but I know I've seen the Carl uh, Urban one as well. Um, do you, are you a fan of those movies? There's a like really those? cool bit in the in. Uh, the uh, the Sylvester Stallone one has kind of like a nostalgia vibe on it, but it, it's pretty shoddy. And the the Carl Urban one, I think, was better than I think people gave credit for. I actually really enjoy. There's a bit in it where it's obviously because the main character is kind of like called like Malmo or something, and she kind of takes over this whole kind of block of flats, and he's like talking through like the voice um, thing to like every all the residents in the flats, and he's like he's like Malmo's not the law. I'm the law. And I was like, that is quality because one, it sounds like it fits the film. Right. It doesn't fit him just walking in telling people that he is the law. Like it just was so good. And then it was like, and his, like his saying, and I was like, that was awesome. That always stuck out for me that bit. <laughs> um, and the movie, the move, his movie is just called dread, not judge dread, just dread. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, let's keep going. Um, Kick-Ass. I know you're a fan of these movies. Um, this is from yes. Icon uh. Comics. Yeah, man, you, you the Kickass Two is rubbish, but Matthew Vaughn didn't direct that one. Um, but Kickass Two is rubbish, but Kickass One is 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 a brilliant, brilliant film. It's up there with uh, with some of my favorite films. It's Nicolas Cage is brilliant. The oh, Nicolas Cage is, is so really good in that one. <laughs> so good. Um, it's really it's dark. It's got um, a brilliant score by John Murphy. It's it's a really good film. You you like it, right? Please tell me you like it. I think so. It, I, and again, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, but it, it it was good. It was good. Um, it kind of it kick started off on Chloe Grace Moretz. Yes, career as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, and she was probably one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, no, she was very good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then, uh, oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, you and I are not a fan of these movies, but the Kingsman movies are also from Icon Comics. Oh, and they've got two more coming out. What's that all about? Oh, I know oh, they're they're gosh. prequels. They're prequels, but I can't imagine that they're going to be any better. I <laughs> know uh, uh, one one's a prequel, but they've got they're they're doing another they're, they're doing another one with Taron Egerton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew Vaughn's directing it, so um, oh. has finished writing it. So they've got the King's Man, which is a prequel. With Ralph Fiennes, and I believe, but yeah, but now Matthew Vaughn's confirmed he's finished writing another sequel. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, I guess I mean I guess there's there's an audience for those movies, but I'm not a fan of those movies. So, <laughs> no, me oh. neither. Um, okay, then uh, the uh, totally iconic Jim Carrey movie, The Mask, from Dark Horse Comics. 
yeah that, that, that talk about classic 90s movies uh car you know um yeah cameron diaz and uh jim carrey definitely definitely classic uh the men in black movies um so i, I added this because even though they are owned by marvel now when the men in black comics came out they were not owned by marvel it was by um an independent line of comic books called um uh i think it's air cell comics um so yeah so those those are also comic book adaptations Do you like the will smith ones yeah, they're good films, and they're entertaining enough. Tommy Lee Jones is good in them. Yeah, I, I the I haven't seen the new one, and to be honest, I won't be rushing to. Apparently, it was dreadful, but no, they're good. Yeah, I I haven't seen the new one either, but the the original Men in Black movie, I think that that's like classic Will Smith. It's kind of in, just in his, uh, gosh, when he his big surge in, into Hollywood, you know, is kind of like around the same time he was doing, you know, Men in Black and also Independence Day. Um, definitely just classic classic will smith movies oh man i don't know if you saw this movie on netflix but it came out last year um and what's unfortunate is i really like the the main actor of the movie but the movie's called polar and it stars mads mickelson did you see that movie oh i remember that coming up but no i never oh, saw it. don't 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 even spend your time man the movie was awful i i <laughs> just <laughs> awful but that's also a comic book adaptation um from uh it, it was actually from a, a web comic back in 2012 so um and then scott pilgrim uh a movie i have not seen from graphic uh from it's the graphic novel of the same name but i i'm pretty sure you're a fan of this movie aren't you yeah yeah i, mm, I liked it a lot when i first saw it and i was quite young it's a little while ago now when i've gone back to it i've been a little bit like oh i, I don't know why i hyped this film up so much it's it's sort of entertaining enough still, but um, I don't like it anywhere near as much as I did when I when it first came out. I kind of grown up a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I I haven't seen the movie yet, and I I mean I think I think that movie along with um, Juno kind of got uh, um, Michael Sarah's career going as well. Um, but yeah, I have not seen that movie. Um, Sin City. That's 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 an interesting movie classic yeah and i i it's it's been a while since i've seen it i don't remember loving it the first time i saw it but uh definitely a star-studded cast in that movie it was a big hit and robert rodriguez directed it he's brilliant i love rodriguez to some mental films but uh enjoy his stuff a lot yeah so sin city uh based off the dark horse comics of the same name oh man did did you uh have you seen the the 90s spawn movie No, I'm not saying that. 1997. Okay, so you think about you think about a 1997 uh, movies that had come out before then, like Jurassic Park, uh, movies that had incredible, incredible computer graphics and images, and the technology at the, at the day obviously is very outdated now. But at the time, there was good technology to make good graphics. Well, if you ever go and see this movie, it, it, you'll almost look like you're watching something that someone just made up on YouTube it's 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 shockingly bad in terms of uh its graphics um but uh, i know this is a fairly popular comic um and i've heard i heard that they're considering doing a reboot of of the spawn movies but um from image comics um so i i have some some movies or some tv shows in here uh that i i don't know if people were aware that were uh, based off of comics but these were these were shows that i kind of grew up on so did you was this ever on in the u.s uh, or, or i mean in the uk it definitely was here in the u.s but it was called tales from the crypt 
Did you ever, did you ever uh, see that? It doesn't doesn't ring a bell. Okay, so this was it, it's. <laughs> If you just go up on YouTube and look, uh, just type in uh, Tales of the Crypt intro, it, it always shows kind of this ghoul coming out of his his coffin. And then he tells kind of he, he begins telling these kind of short, scary stories. But it was it was just a, a TV serial, uh, really nostalgic as a kid. But those are based off of comic books. Um the Riverdale and Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV shows, which we've had a lot of iterations of, especially the Sabrina the Teenage Witch, those are from Archie Comics. Uh, the Walking Dead. They're good. I like. I like. I like um, the Sabrina show. We watched me and my girlfriend watch it. We. I used to watch the 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 like kind of the children's show when I was a kid. The, uh, with my Melissa, sisters and uh, what's me and her my name? Melissa, the... Melissa Joan Harder, I think. I, I think it's Melissa Joan. Yeah, Harder. yeah. and then. It was something like that, and then the new one is it's good. I like. I kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of like kind of Buffy. So that's pretty entertaining if anyone's into that. Yeah, no, I I watched that that first season on Netflix. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Um, and I had that's no cool. idea until last year that it was that Sabrina the Teenage Witch was originally a comic book. But um, obviously, The Walking Dead, uh, one of the most popular TV shows ever, based off a comic book. And then I'll end on this one, the, uh, my favorite show growing up, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Are you a fan of the Ninja Turtles, dude? Classic. Please tell me you are. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> of course, the movies and the and the TV shows. What do you th- movies? What? The the movie was mad. I loved the like the original movie, not the, the not the Michael the Bay, Michael Bay stuff one that oh, came out later. Gosh, yeah, with with uh, oh gosh, um, oh what's her name? Uh, Megan Fox. Johnny, Johnny Ma- Knoxville. Ma- Megan Fox as April Fox. O'Neil. Yeah, it was. They were just so bad. Those films, like so bad. But they're doing it. They're, they're rebooting it, haven't they? They're rebooting it again. So there's there, there's another film coming out soon, and it's it's re, it's completely rebooted again. So I, I'm not sure what to expect there. I, I really hope so. It, I are. really hope so. That that original that original 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Uh, I think to this day, I, I think it's it's still it's it's, it's a good movie, uh, and I think it's aged very well. I think. It, in in how how grounded the story is in kind of realism and i think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of emotion to the story that's being told you know these wayward teens that are recruited by you know the shredder but he's trying to form this family or at least thinking you know tricking these teenagers and in, into that you know oh we're a family you know you're loyal to me but you know also getting them involved in crime I, it, it is really good man it's really good i think even as an adult i think you can watch that movie and enjoy it to some extent but yeah now i like it if they're gonna if they're gonna remake them i hope it, they're more in line with the original ones than the michael bay movie so that's that's my take but okay ryan this has been a lot long podcast let's go ahead and end things everyone thank you so much for listening to today's episode i know we we're kind of jumping all over the place with so many different topics but you know, we'll, we'll see how the next uh, few episodes um, are going to be structured just with, you know, a, a lot of these movies being delayed. So we'll uh, we'll come up with something good for you guys next week as well. But uh, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and uh, let the listeners know how to reach out to you and follow you online. That's cool. As always, uh, it's Ryan Nevin from Life of Films. Pop over to my blog, lifeoffilms.com and have a read and get in contact with me through there if you want to have a chat. All right, everyone. And and again, this is Andre Hutchins with Backseat Directors. We want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Thanks for downloading today's episode. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Uh, Be kind and caring. Don't don't buy into the fear, into the hoarding. Um, Just live your guys' life normally. Enjoy movies. Enjoy TV shows. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, But uh, uh, for Ryan of Life and Films, this is Andre Backseat Directors, and we'll see you guys next week at the movies.
The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. The Backseat Directors podcast is available to download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and most other podcast platforms. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Documentaries, uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. Uh, so find your seat in the perfect row. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone. 